welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about magic kids leaving home and growing younger. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, these chapters, chapters 21 through 24 of Fate of the Jedi Book 8 Ascension are good. But first, bum bum bum, previously on Forever Canon. Dark prophets, dark temples, dark nexus, oh my. Vistara kills her father. Jaina mentions her brother. Ben forces his girlfriend's diary. Instantly regrets it. Luke agrees to train Vistara as a Jedi. That one wasn't jokey. That's real. Yeah. That's where we left off, man. Luke Skywalker was like, open up your soul to me so I can search it with magic and see if you're telling the truth. After she had already had her diary taken away from her and read in front of her. That was all very intrusive. Very. That was maybe the word we didn't cling on to last week. I said a word that didn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it was very intrusive. Yeah. But, in the end, Luke Skywalker has agreed to train Vistara. Where? We pick up this week, chapter 21, at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. We were supposed to go there at the end of the last book. Mm -hmm. And then this time, in the last chapter, we're on some random Sith world across the galaxy. And Luke Skywalker's like, we're going home. Literally the next chapter, he is standing in the master's chambers of the Jedi Temple. Like, we skipped that jump. That hyperspace jump and all that stuff, because we often do in Star Wars. Yeah. But that's an amount of time. He's on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah. He hasn't been, like, you, he's been exiled from Coruscant. So, he is super duper far away. And it's just a funny contrast between the last book, where they're like, ah, Ben and Vistara, we're sending you home to the Jedi Temple. And then that never ended up happening. And now it happens in a heartbeat. <laughs> and everybody's back to the Jedi. Yeah, back. I feel like it's been, a, it took him a couple weeks at least. Depending here on how is, fast the Jade Shadow is. Standing in the Master's Chamber, he says it's been a long time. Thought it would be several years before he got back here. Not just one. Tim, it's been a year since the beginning of this book series. Yeah, been gone a year. I didn't, I didn't catch that passage of time. No. That means Alana is the age that they said she was at the <laughs> beginning of the series. Yeah. I don't... A whole year has passed in eight books that I didn't really notice. Because we don't check in with a calendar. Like, we yeah. don't really have a stable sense of time. And then things like what we just talked about, the hyperspace jumps. You're crossing an immense distance. And it takes, according to the role-playing game... Like weeks. Yeah. So like, he's like, we're going to Coruscant. End of chapter. Two weeks pass. Beginning of the next chapter. Right. And here he is. It's been a whole year. Would have been kind of cool um, to have maybe a paragraph or something of Luke easing Vistar into the training already. Well, there's more important things to attend to first. Yeah. Step one is get back to the master's chamber. And get in charge after this quick one-year exile to figure out why Jason fell to the dark side. It's time to come back with an answer. So, Luke, what what did you learn? They had learned that his fall had been inevitable. All right. Standing here, his mind and heart open, Luke realized 
They should have known that part of the mystery long before they had even set foot onto Jade Shadow. It seemed obvious now. Berger's torment, in essence a new, if brutal, morality had molded Jason and set him on the path. He had been taught his specialness, but had misunderstood it. While every being was unique and had a gift to offer the galaxy, Jason had seen his uniqueness as a destiny. One that gave him the right, perhaps even the duty, to trample whatever stood in his path in order to do what he felt was best. He had started the Swarm War, an attempt to prevent a dark future, had convinced himself that the means justified the ends, and by the time of his death at his twin's hand, had been willing to sacrifice trust, love, family, everyone and everything except Alana who seemed to be his last tie to his humanity. All this to stop the vision he had seen of the dark man on the throne. The true tragedy of Jason Solo lay not in what he had done, but in why he had done it. That doesn't seem true to me. It doesn't seem the why, it seems the how. Yes. The ends justifying all the means thing, right? Which is mm. now the new a new core tenet of the of the Jedi code is evaluate yourself at bedtime every night. Was, was I good yeah. today? Yeah. It doesn't matter if the goal is going to be good. Did I do it in a good way? The the how, yeah, right, not the why, but so Luke went on this year long journey to just learn there was nothing he could have done. He could have done because. <laughs> Vergeer changed him years and years ago anyway. Because and... it's inevitable. I am inevitable. Maybe I should have just took some time but thinking like, about his nephew. Is it inevitable? Or could you have, like, yeah, helped him? Probably. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not going to tell myself that because then I'd be guilty mm-hmm. of what I was exiled for. Yeah. <laughs> Which was the fall of Darth Kytus and not helping saving the galaxy from Jason before it was too late. But all that's true, right? The whole thing was all instigated by him going to the pool of knowledge and seeing a dark man on a dark throne. Yeah. Ruling over the galaxy. And then with, yeah, the new morality, the gray Jedi that was tortured into Jason by Verger mm-hmm. uh, in his captivity with the Yuuzhan Vong, he comes out of that with a whole new moral compass and this comes across his dark vision and he decides... I'm going to steamroll everything that's going to possibly make this happen. Yeah. And just destroy it. Because I have to. Because the ends will justify the means. The end is so bad. If I don't do this, I'm totally fully justified. And that doesn't seem inevitable. It seems like you could have stepped in there at any point And like, I don't know, asked him questions, understood what he was doing. Maybe uh, look into the pool of knowledge uh, anytime in the last 10 or 20 years or whatever. Right. See if the vision has changed. <laughs> but it's inevitable. <laughs> uh, that's why we... was we Inevitable, I guess, because we needed that new Jedi code. The ends don't justify the means, Jason. Yeah, write, write that in there. Pretty sure his name's on the end of that tenet. Anyway. Should be. He's in the master's chambers thinking about how... I, it's not my fault. Nothing I could have done. <laughs> Nothing I could have done to save the galaxy from my nephew turning evil. Uh, he feels... Saba Sabatine approaching. She feels all self-doubt and uncertainty. That's very unlike Saba. Yeah. But having killed Kenneth Hamner, 
has really started this downward spiral, this fall of Saba, where she's just not herself. Mm-hmm. Her decisive, believing self. She feels guilty, and she's submitting herself for Luke's judgment. I killed the Grandmaster. Uh, Grandmaster. Uh, here I am, laying my head on the chopping block. Yeah, and I, I like... I like Luke's talk with her. Yeah. It's very... It, it made a lot of sense to me. His judgment is essentially logically walking her through how it's not her fault. Yeah. <laughs> like how it was inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing that you could have done because Kent Hamner has a certain view of duty and you have a certain view of duty and you were both right, but someone died. Mm-hmm. Not your fault. Inevitable. I mean, the conversation, I'm I'm being flippant about it now because I'm pissed off about that other thing. Yeah. <laughs> but the conversation was actually really well written. It was kind of heartwarming. It was uh, a nice logical walk through how she's not guilty, essentially. Yeah. Which, you know, a lot... Of, of focus in this series on Jedi being held accountable for their actions. Mm-hmm. Luke got exiled for Jason falling on the dark side. Tahiri was sentenced to death for the murder of Gilad Pelion. And here's Saba facing, uh, well, I mean, putting herself out there to face the repercussions of her actions. Not really something that comes up a lot. No. Is the responsibility that the Jedi have to fix their mistakes. And that There's was a lot Dalla's of talk of things just being inevitable. Yeah. That was Dalla's whole problem. Exactly. With them. Like, right. Hey, they just go do what they want. And, and the whole theme has brought here, brought us here to this point across eight books where you're right. That's that was Dalla's whole thing. She was the expression of the theme in its earliest form, which was look what the Jedi did. We got to get them under control. And now has led us all the way to this point where Luke Skywalker has come back to Coruscant. And we have to be holding ourselves accountable for what is happening in the in the galaxy. Like, we have to be responsible for the way that we save people, I guess. You know? Yeah. Like, or, or the way that we don't, I guess, in the case of Jason. But a lot of talk of accountability. Luke? Tahiri, Saba, they're all getting cast judgments. Like there's some sort of apocalypse coming or something. (laughs) Anyway, the rest of the masters rush in and it's good to be back. Feels good. Looks so happy to have all these people around him that he loves and respects and vice versa. It's just good to not be alone in space with your teenage son. Like it's good to be back where you belong among family, right? Yeah. Catches them all up on jedi kai and they fully trust him she opened herself up to me in the force and they're all like all right good enough for me i trust your judgment jedi master skywalker and then he says quote well not quote yet he says our next step for the jedi order quote we leave coruscant completely and then the room dumps a collective metric poodoo in its pants because they don't fully trust him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't make like, sense Okay, to okay, you can bring a Sith in here with thousands of us. We can handle that. What do you mean we can't live in the Jedi Temple anymore? Yeah. They lose their minds. 
They stand up. They start yelling. Saba thumps her tail. She's back to her old self. <laughs> yeah. right? Reinvigorated by Luke's confidence. The, essentially, the response is, what? Why? Yeah. And Luke's answer is, we can't live here, man. The government lives here. Yeah, we... We can't live here, man. We can't live next door to the government. Yeah, we've lived here, and that's put us under their purview. And, and not you'll not only lived here, purposely have been a branch of the government. Yeah. Um, left to our own discretion, mostly. But, you know, we if we want to look back to the last series, how complicated was that initial breaking out of the Civil War? Where the Jedi at the Spice Loaf table were divided between Coruscant and Corellia. Yeah. But their, uh, what's a word for government? <laughs> Anyways, their responsibility was to the Galactic Alliance. Yes. And so they had to attack Centerpoint Station on behalf of the Galactic Alliance. They had to defend Coruscant against Corellia. And some of the Jedi are Corellian. Some of the Jedi's parents are Corellian. No, Han Solo. And it created, at the beginning of the Civil War, a schism and a divide right away. Mm -hmm. This being beholden to the Galactic Alliance instead of being beholden to justice. Yeah. True justice, unfiltered. And some of the stuff that they did, like Centerpoint Station, like stopping Corellia, they could have... They, they blockaded Corellia. Yeah. They blockaded Fondor. They, well, Jason yeah. burned Kashyyyk to the ground. But. Yeah. They would have stopped Centerpoint because that's just bad. Sure. They probably would have tried to negotiate through Corellia rather than... really actually kind of Luke's point is that, yeah, we would have probably done a lot of the same things over our history, but we wouldn't have done it on behalf of the Galactic Alliance. We should be doing these deeds on behalf of good. Yes. Not the whatever reigning government of the time. Doing good for good, not And just seeing because. all the instability in the government across the last five or six years <laughs> from Calo Mass all the way through now to Dalla being deposed and replaced by a triumvirate with a Jedi on it. Yeah. We got to get out of here, man. We can't live here. The government lives here. But that was just Luke's first bombshell. He starts telling them. The second thing is cut to. <laughs> Because we don't ever get to know all of Luke's plans all the time. Yeah. He's like the mainest main character. So he's got to have secrets to surprise us with. The reader, yes. Right? I hate it, but all right. We cut to Vistara, Ben, and Jaina in the library with formerly crazy Natua Wan. Remember? Jaina was chasing her over the wall of the Jedi Temple and attacking her with <laughs> what her parents out. were. And then Jaina got out of the limo where she was making out with her boyfriend and stopped her. That's mostly all she did. Anyway, anyways, anyways. They're at the library talking about ship and planet Upexzar. Mm-hmm. Upexzar. Uh, this planet that has psychedelic bugs and volcano tunnels used by Sith for rites of passage where there used to be a nest for ships. Capital S. Want to guess where we're going to go next? That sounds like a good place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? We can't find Abloth. We can't find ship. Oh, I found a, a secret record in the library of this planet where these Sith used to trip balls in the volcano <laughs> tunnels that were full of bugs that released. Uh, whatever, right? Yeah. This whole thing. But the biggest point is that it has like a, a breeding site or like a nesting site for these 
Sith training spheres, these meditation spheres. Yeah, they're not sure what to call it, whether it be a nest, a hangar, a a home. They're not sure what to call it. But it's a lead. And maybe we'll find ship there recovering. (laughs) This has been the guess like every time. We got to go somewhere. We must assume Abloth is very hurt because she is. Mm -hmm. And so she must go somewhere to hide and recover. She's just on ship watching the news all day, every day in a pile of goo. She's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where they are either, but she seems to be having a good time. Catching up on current events. So we come to the library to find out where we're going next. And Jaina has maybe the best line in the entire expanded universe. As she leaves the teenagers alone in the Jedi Temple. She says, I'm gonna I'm going to leave a message for Uncle Luke and then I'm off to see my fiance. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, Ben quipped. Hey! I certainly hope I do, and you better not, Jaina shot back. <laughs> yeah. Jaina Marie Solo, my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope I do, and you better not. Yeah, I like that. Oh, that was really good. I love her. Where is she? Making her making her come back in book seven, eight, nine, like always. Mm-hmm. She could have been here for the other six more. She did a couple of prison breaks. Remember there was the one where like Jag was in Mandalorian armor at the beginning of the series? Yeah. And then they go and they embarrass the prison warden with the horns hanging on the wall. Oh, she's been there, but not in the main danger. Yeah. And now she is tracking down Sith and shit, right? But and what a line. How much of a problem do you think bringing Natua Wan is going to be? None. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? Why would it be a problem to bring a, a Jedi who had uh, Abloth's tentacle in her mind already and turned her crazy with you to a place where you think Abloth might be? Why would that be a problem? Yeah, that's good. That's, that's just... <laughs> bringing Natua Wan to hunt Abloth and ship. Very stupid. Very smart. <laughs> Although, what if it's like, uh, what if Jane is doing the double spy thing where she's expecting her to get turned and then run to Abeloth and be like a trail of cookie crumbs? Use her like a homing beacon? Yeah. I guess. I wouldn't put it past the sword of the Jedi who killed her twin brother because she had to. Yeah, to be kind of ruthless, yeah. I didn't think of that till just now. Actually, I was like, that's really dumb to bring her, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 22. Aboard the Millennium Falcon. And I kind of don't want to cut to them. I thought the I same didn't want to leave the Jedi Temple at all. No, I thought the same I thing. I want Ben and Vistara right now. They were just left alone in the Jedi Temple. Excuse me. Yeah, heading to the cafeteria. Excuse me. She's a Sith who's been missing from the galaxy for 4,000 years. Excuse me? Okay, she's not that old. No. <laughs> That'd be a twist. But, oh my God. Whoa, maybe we'll get to that later. <laughs> but seriously, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to come here right now. But at least they're home here too. They're at home at Coruscant. Or at least they're in the Falcon on their way. Yeah, they can see Coruscant. Yeah. The viewport. So they can call Jag and Jaina and Luke too. Just have some conversations. Catch up. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody what we're doing. Jane and Jag are in a real hurry to get off the phone. Yeah, they're busy. Yeah, they're doing the things. So she said, you better not. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome line. Thank you, Christy Golden. I like that one a lot. That was and uh, so like familiar and familial. It was, it was great. Anyways, they're sitting here having these phone calls, right? 
just like kind of calling all their family, checking in. Hey, here's where we're going. This is what's up. How's everybody doing? Oh, we're all here. We're all at Coruscant. And as they're having these <laughs> hollow phone calls, long distance, I'm trying to picture the scene, right? Picture the characters in the scene chatting with each other on the phone. And it made me realize that the Leia in my head, my mind's eye Leia, is her outfit from Hoth. With her hair and like the crown braid mm-hmm. and like the, the general gear. Yeah. I don't know why. I But I realized it right here. I'm picturing her chatting with her brother on the phone and her daughter and son-in-law. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm she's wearing the stuff from the ice bunker in my head. <laughs> and her hair's <laughs> done the same way. I don't know. Just a weird little thing. How do you normally picture the characters? I hadn't actually... I think I usually pick Luke, picture Luke like Return of the Jedi. Black. Yeah. Even though he's normally wearing brown robes or something. I, and I don't know. It's something like, I've, that's never occurred to me before, really. Han always looks the same. Yeah. He's wearing Lando's clothes. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. <clears throat> yep. According to the Solo movie. Because that came out of Lando's closet on the Millennium Falcon. Which then makes more sense why Lando would be wearing it in episode six. But all right. Because it was already his. Because it was his to begin with. And Han Solo has been wearing it for 20 years. <laughs> so why wouldn't I put it on? Yeah, no. I hadn't thought of what they would look like. Right. Really. Right. It's partially because a lot of the characters are made up. Mm-hmm. They're invented for the EU. Like Ben, Jaina, Jason, whatever. Tahiri, Anakin, on and on. But it just occurred to me, picturing her having these phone calls. I was like, why is she dressed like Hoth? Yeah, but she is. She's got that that hair braid around the, to yeah. the crown of her skull. Something something easy to do. Not so much the crazy buns from the first. I don't one. know. Is that weird? That's weird. It's very specific. It is very specific. <laughs> but anyways, these conversations are nice. They're sweet. It's family checking in. They're heartwarming. Hoth warming. Mm-hmm. Chat with Luke though. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. And a little troublesome. Ah, uh, well, well, I got we got things to talk about. We'll tell you in person. I don't want to tell you over the phone. Cut to the offices of the chief of state, Coruscant. We're we're sitting in. It occurs to me, Jason's old office. Yeah, Dala, Jason, and Nyathal, Omas. Doesn't usually go well for any of the people who sit in the office of the president of the Star Wars galaxy. No, they don't last very long. But it's time for a big meeting. Dorvin, Treen, Luke, Leia, Saba. Luke tells him, Jedi are out, bro. Dorvin, you're chief of state. But Treen is shifty. It's pretty yeah. much, pretty much what we get out of this, uh, yeah. out of this meeting. And they all kind of, they all feel that she's, yeah, she's a politician. She's hiding stuff, but she's hiding more than and a she's normal. Really good at it. Yeah. So we really don't trust her. Mm-hmm. But they try to tell her. They try to offer the chief of state to her. She's like, no, oh my God, it's too much work. My my, uh, my constituents of Kuat already think I'm neglecting them enough as it is. I couldn't possibly take that office. So it must go to the reluctant Windorvin. So Windorvin for president. Which really, she doesn't want to be president of the galaxy. She wants to be empress. Yeah, she wants so it So she's all. got bigger plans. <laughs> you know, And that's the stuff that she's hiding, and we know that. But she's shifty, and the Jedi have caught a red flag like they she's pinged their radar now yeah finally which finally is interesting yes because as we're coming to the close of this series 
Leckerson has now been extorted by a bird who said, I know everything. That information has gone to Senator Treen, right? And now, like, they're trying to kill Jag, but they also, I don't know, whatever. And secrets are starting to come out, so. Yeah. But that's the meeting. Hey, the Jedi are leaving. And everybody goes, oh my God, what? And then he's like, we got to have one chief of state, can't have a triumvirate. Here comes the Grand Master of the Jedi saying, oh, we're going to disattach ourselves from the politics, but I'm also going to tell you who should be the president. What? We need to leave Coruscant because we can't be associated with the government. But you know what? I'm going to tell you who the president should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, didn't we do this at the end of the last series and it didn't go well? He yes. was like, Dala, you're in charge. Jag, you're in charge of the Empire. Like, it didn't work out, man. Quit no. picking presidents, Luke. Yeah, just, okay, I'm leaving. But hey. When Dorvin's got the job, and then we cut to the Perry Needmo News Hour, where Perry Needmo himself is interviewing Luke on live Hollow News about the Jedi leaving Coruscant. The absolute legend, Perry Nemo. Yeah, so Luke tells everyone the what galaxy. the Jedi are doing. Tells the whole galaxy, because we know everyone's watching. Everybody's been watching this guy's show since the slave revolts kicked off. He's had the best coverage. One of their reporters got murdered. Yeah. On site by Mandalorians. Huge, huge audience for this show. And Luke tells the entire galaxy, we're out. We're still going to protect all of you. Pinky promise. But we're just not going to live on Coruscant. Yeah. Puts us too close to the thumb that wants to pin us down. Yeah. And right at the end, um, they show that uh, like a hollow, like a video mm-hmm. of Windorvan running up the steps of the right. Jedi temple. Yeah. Remember what a hero he yeah. is? Look at this guy. will protect us. This guy does good things. Yeah. And I really, like what an anticlimactic video that is. Run, run, Cause run. Cause it's him Sit. running, running as hard as he can through crowds, pushing people out of the way up the steps. And then he sits down and has lunch. <laughs> with <laughs> yeah. They, they cut it off right before he sits down. They just show him running to <laughs> yeah. protect this one dude. And right. then done. Cause that's called good editing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let the 30 minute lunch play out and then cut back to Luke Skywalker making a massive <laughs> anyways anyways we get another reminder at the end of this interview too that Rokari Kem is coming to Coruscant yes her name keeps coming up and it being repeated over and over that it's important that she's coming to Coruscant don't know why but now Luke has told the Masters the GA and the entire galaxy that the Jedi are leaving Coruscant uh, what kind of repercussions that has across the entire galaxy for the general people? I don't know. And Abloth is watching the news. Well, we cut to Treen and Soldar watching the news and saying, yay. I was a little confused at first because I at this scene because she said, did you see that, my dear? And she's laying in bed. Yeah. I missed the comm link. Right, the right. one comm link where it's like, what is she doing with this guy all of a sudden? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. No. She's, she's calling him my dear or whatever. Yeah. She's obviously, you know, using her romantic facilities to corrupt this guy as well. But they're sitting there watching the news with a big fat thumbs up. And we know who else is watching <laughs> a down tweet, a yeah. pile of goo inside of a, a bat wing ship yep. somewhere in the galaxy. Just saw Luke Skywalker go Coruscant. Unattended. Yeah. See you later. Jedi out. And don't forget, Rokari Kem, who Abeloth is obsessed with, because her whole thing is come home. Come home. The mother is home. Whatever the weird uh, chanting um, slogans were. Yeah. 
for Rokari Kem. She's obsessed with her. Rokari Kem's coming to Coruscant, and Luke Skywalker is leaving. Chapter 23, Coruscant. Some super sweet, mature discussion between Jag and Jaina about how she has to leave with the Jedi. She wants to and doesn't want to, and that's okay, and Jag knows it because he's the most emotionally mature person in the relationship. Mm-hmm. He totally walks her through like, it's okay. Yeah. And we don't need to, you don't need to dump me again. Yeah. <laughs> you can just go with the Jedi. I'm leaving anyways. Your parents told me someone's trying to kill me, so I'm going to be heading to Imperial space. We're just, we have two different duties, so we will be taking different directions sometimes. And that's okay. We can love each other across the galaxy now because we have trust in our commitment. They have trust in their relationship yes. now that they can do it, so they will, and it'll be fine. Yeah. Having a real conversation. It was really Being grown ups to once. see. Have them have a conversation like adults and not have one of them storm out of the room. Which is just what this should have been from the beginning. Jane yes. is 32, 33, maybe 34 now if all years passed. She's a grown ass woman who should be way more mature in a relationship than going, Jag, we work for two different people. My God, I, uh, put the ring down and storm out of the room. Mm-hmm. Get that crap out of here. It's like, same thing with Ben, where they're putting this already overcome immaturity on the characters to then regrow them. Yes. You know what I mean? And like, I'm going to force them two steps back so I can make the three steps forward look like progress instead of one step forward. Yeah. But now they're mature. So, hey, good relationship. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to catch up on that trilogy after this book series. Because that's what it was supposed to be, man. Jane and Jag trilogy. Get married, probably get pregnant at the end of it. Have some crazy, dangerous, threatening adventure where you probably save Alana. Yeah. You know? And they learn to, like, take care of a child type of thing. Together, as a team, as a unit, as a relationship. But we're that, uh, yeah. never going to get that trilogy, are we? No, not unless we write it ourselves. No! Anyways, they have this nice conversation. Because they're heading to dinner at the Solo Safe House. Oh, I bit my lip. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, having that family dinner again. Hopefully nobody pops out of a wall and shoots everybody this time. <laughs> uh, we're leaving. Jag's leaving. Jane is leaving. The Jedi are leaving. But Leia is staying on Coruscant. Remember how like the whole thing was like, we're going to extract ourselves from influence of the government. That's bad. We have to be stand on our own as our own organization of the Jedi Order. Well, one Jedi is not going to leave Coruscant. More. We'll get to that later. Leia Solo is going to be staying here, acting as advisor to the president of the galaxy. Yeah. Okay. Half of it makes sense because she used to be the president of the galaxy herself. But she's also a Jedi. And the whole point is you want the optics. That's why everybody... Luke's plan is everybody has to leave together. That's why Jaina has to go now, right? Yeah. Yeah, You're not going to leave forever, but leave as a show of unity with the entire Jedi Order. But your sister stays? Yeah. And she stays sitting next to the president? Shut up! Yeah, I didn't like that either. Doesn't that completely undermine the whole thing? The whole exodus? Yeah. To some degree. Maybe not completely, right? It'll still make its point. Unless... Unless it also like helps yes all the jedi are leaving luke had said we're still here to help if we need if people need help so it's like a little bit of 
Yeah. A little bit of leaving uh, an emergency button behind. Yeah, because when Dorvin specifically also, asked for Leia... Also, the whole galaxy respects her as a politician. Yeah. She was a princess. She was the president. All that stuff, right? But as Luke Skywalker... Yeah. Can't you just talk to the guy on the phone? I was thinking the same Oh, my thing. God! Nope. She's got to stay here. A Jedi with the president. But the rest of us left Coruscant. So, you know, we're staying out of it somehow. But anyways, back to Jaina and Jag and dinner with the Solo family. Alana, R2 and 3PO. It's all awesome. It's all great. This The family being together in a non-tense situation. The jokes between Han and the droids and, the, and R2. And then Alana's always a smart quip. And Leia's always like psychologically aware of how everybody interacts with each other and she yeah. just appreciates it. It's just a nice family dinner, man. And Alana's showing how she taught her dog some new tricks or her cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, look, he can sit, he can stay, or she. Yeah, commands. Um, yeah. Responds. She, she's showing the new tricks to Jag, who she really seems to like. Yeah, she loves Jag. Yeah. And this whole thing's like very homey, friendly, loving, but also... A calm before the storm type of feel. Yeah. Even just because of what we know. This is our last family dinner because we all have to go because everything's crazy and dangerous. And then... Tahiri walks in. Escaped from federal prison after a sentence of death for murdering an admiral of the Empire. Tahiri Vela walks into family dinner with the president of the Empire. Yeah. She came to her family after she broke out of prison. She came to the Solo family for help. Her family. How many times has that been reinforced over this book series? Leia and Han and Jaina are the only people who visited Tahiri mm-hmm. when she was being held during her trial. and They were there as, as often as they could. Yeah, and she, when she escaped, she hid in a little cubby and waited for her family to come home. Right. Crazy. Yeah. And here they are. And Jag's sitting at the table. Jaw probably on the table. Yeah. Going, excuse me, who is this uh, escaped galactic <laughs> federal prisoner? But what did you just do? Yeah, you just, and then you did what? But you know what, man? I wish Anakin Solo was here. Uh, it's just me and, and like, and Jason and Talcaw. How much more full would this family be? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, it would just be... Uh, it's not gonna. That's uh, he's he's been dead for a long time. <laughs> he's been gone for twenty years. Yeah, roughly. If he well, maybe seventeen, fifteen, because he died when he was fourteen. Jason and Jane are like four years older than him. Yes, yes. So, so it would have been about sixteen yeah. years. So that's a long time. That's a long time, man. And I still wish he was here because you know the books never go away. Tahiri has come because she wants to right her wrongs. She killed an admiral of the empire. She killed Gil Pelion, who didn't definitely didn't deserve it. No, not a death like that. So she wants to serve Jag and the empire. Tim, what? Yeah, until she can get a an imperial Clear her trial and then, and then get a fair imperial trial for murdering an imperial. And it's like, man, that's not going to go well for you either. But all right. Yeah, no, it's still going to be bad. So, Jag agrees. <laughs> um, yeah, it's only if 
Jag will accept it if he's. They'll do whatever he says if he says no. You go back to jail. She said she. Right. The I'll whole turn family. The whole family already knew this proposition was coming. Jaina included. And he's like, normally maybe in the past I would have been mad about that, but now I trust everyone. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, it all is on Jag. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure, but this escaped convict sentenced to death just is asking for help. So, if you could, just if you get a chance. <laughs> president, president of a government who all your underlings hate you and are trying to depose yeah. you. Here's oh, yeah. another oh, huge my, decision. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my entire government is trying to kill me, not depose. Kill. <laughs> uh, but sure, yeah, I could use some help. <laughs> so... Jag and Tahiri apparently are going to the Imperial Remnant together. That's such a strange team up. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I want to see what happens. Also, Squibs are here. Yep. And they give Jag all the information because this essentially was all about him. Mm-hmm. When, when they had met for lunch and all the shooting started, it was because people are trying to kill Jag. Moff Vanson or Moff another name. Yeah, two we haven't really met. Yeah, or... or Plecoblus Corios, whatever the hell. Pelanitimidibus. Anyways, the squibs are like, here's all the info, and uh, here's where Dahl is going, and here's what's up with the moths. Just dumping all over this guy's dinner. Yeah. Yeah. But his plan is to go find Dalla and bring Tahiri as a parolee. Yeah. He's like, you're on, consider this you're on parole. And if you break that parole, jail. But if not, you're cool. Yeah, we'll... Hang out with me. Yeah. I Like, okay. So, Jag and Tahiri are going to go hunt down Dala and the moths. It's a strange dinner. It's a really weird dinner. I so wish they would have said they were having spice loaf, though. Yeah. Christy said uh, whatever it was. I, I couldn't remember. But she came up with a whole... Uh, like, a whole... Uh, list of entrees or whatever. Yeah. Was... I just really wanted spice loaf to be on the list. But... Alas, it was not. This is this is strange. This is a strange dinner. Leia's staying here. So that means Han and uh, Amelia are also staying? I'm assuming. I would think so. Who else would they send her with? Especially right now. Mm-hmm. When everybody is in danger and fleeing for that reason. Han, Leia, Amelia are staying. Jag and Tahiri are going to the Imperial Remnant. Jaina, Ben, Vistara... And Natua Wan. Or did she say she was bringing Ben and Vistara to that that planet? Nope. Just Natua Wan for real. That's the only. I thought I thought all four of them. Either way, that's where she's going. She's going across the galaxy to Sith land. Like these people may never see each other again. Yeah. And having the real life books be banished and done publishing, they're never going to see each other again. <laughs> Right? Really? Yeah. I, I read A Mercy Kill, but I don't remember. I read The Crucible one after. I don't, I don't remember. But, man, everybody's going really disparate directions. Yeah. Because I don't think the hunt for Dala and the hunt for the Sith are going to take you to the same place. I wouldn't think so. No. So, part of the family's staying on Coruscant, even though everybody's leaving. Jane is going left. Jag's going right. And bringing Tahiri with him. All right. Chapter 24. The Jedi and the GA break up in public, but promise to stay BFFs. There's a whole ceremony being broadcast. I wonder how long it took to lay all those cables. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, they step up to the lectern, the podium, and the chief of state says something. 
Uh, Luke's like, yeah, we're out of here. Yeah, we're still friends, though. Yep. We will always be here to protect the people of the Galactic Alliance. We just won't necessarily do whatever the Galactic Alliance tells us to do. Never fear. (laughs) We cut to Jaina saying goodbye to Jag and their strong love. And also her mom and dad. Quote, Mom, you'll be the last Jedi on the planet. Not at all, ominous. Yeah. Hey, Mom, you'll be the last Jedi on the planet. Weird. On the planet where we know everyone's coming. Yeah, they but they don't. Except now everyone's leaving. <laughs> Jaina, Leia, like, because Saba at the beginning said, hey, the Bear Bells aren't leaving. Right. Because we know why. We know why. They're they nasty. have their Yeah, they have their eggs or whatever. Yeah, they're going to be raising babies and stuff. They ain't leaving. And Luke was like, okay, cool. You can stay, Saba, and like, uh, protect the home. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can't just leave our home. Be security guards. Make sure nobody comes and desecrates the temple. Yeah. Right. You know, probably uh, Sith or pirates or never heard of them again. Yeah. I I thought Prince Zizor was back. His fucking name came up, dude. It did come up once or twice. It came up in the early books in the Jedi council meeting. And I think Corrin Horn said it uh, in Jaina's report. Uh, Okay. No more pirates though. Since that book, Mm -hmm. plenty of other threats, I guess. So whatever, but not at all ominous to be the last Jedi on the planet. She's not gonna be. It's gonna be a Jedi temple with savage lizard people in it who are yeah. going to be super overprotective. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens at the Jedi Temple. I'm sure we're not at all setting up something to happen there, right? Hey, make sure you protect the temple. Hey, you're gonna be the only Jedi left here. Right. Yep. Jag meets the squibs, which is wild. And Leia realizes that the squibs have de-aged. Yeah, they've gotten younger. Not digitally, like the Marvel movies. Which, by the way, Samuel L. Jackson and Captain Marvel looks incredible. Yes. The whole movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Anyways. (laughs) They're not digitally de-aging, but they quote, they say, we got younger. But how? Moff Gittels. I don't know. Gettles? Gettles? Yeah, that sounds worse. I like it. <laughs> Bad guy names should sound gross in your mouth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right? Add that extra layer of... of um, Ick? Uh, of, of sensory connection. There you go. Thanks, man. I'm fucking struggling <laughs> today. Uh, Moth Gettles has Drox. Remember 200-year-old Jedi Tiselda? Mm-hmm. That's how she was 200 years old because she was feeding off the Drox energy. Well, this Moff Gettles has some Drox. Wouldn't you know? He's got nanovirus scientists working with the Drox to, quote, rejuvenate older beings. What the criff is going on all of a sudden? He's making a youth potion. They did this at the end of the last series, too. All of a sudden, there's secret Imperial scientists working on some deadly or really wild thing. The nanovirus came out of nowhere in like book seven of the last series, right? Yeah. they. And now all of a sudden here we got rejuvenation potions from bugs. Bugs are really important. Yeah. Because we're going to another volcano planet full of acid tripping bugs. That's the first things they use the nanovirus on too with bugs. Yeah, it was. the Not Killix. Yeah. 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 At whatever station that was. 
Doesn't yeah. matter. They're gone. Mm-hmm. So now Jag has a vial of this Drock, magic serum. Drock juice is what I call it. Potion. <laughs> Drock juice. Gross. Yeah. Now it's just there's so many things just going wild here at the end of this episode. Yeah. All of a sudden, Jag's bringing Tahiri with him. All the Jedi are leaving the te- the Coruscant. They're all leaving the planet. There's a new president. There's a secret scientist working on health, youth potions, drop juice. A lot of threads here all of a sudden that are to chase down in the next book and a half. Yeah, there's not a lot of time left. No, there's not a lot of time <laughs> left. What the hell? What, what are we doing with this stuff? Like, what are the scientists doing? Who are they trying to make younger? The Moths? Abeloth? A Palpatine clone? Mm-hmm. And number four? Mm-hmm. Old Luke Skywalker? Because we know how old he is. Who are we trying to make younger? Find out next week. Maybe. <laughs> when we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 8, Ascension, chapters 25 through 28. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Toys R Us kids? Yeah. Who are they keeping young? Let's stay young. Rod Stewart? For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.